When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Everybody. <laughs> uh, Jeremy made good on his threat to uh, to learn how to play the intro to the song on the keyboard, and then he decided to go ahead and play the intro as well on the recorder. So this is Jeremy playing the intro show or the intro to our show, the intro song on the piano and the recorder. At the same time. At the same time. And it sounds like it. <laughs> it sounds like something. <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, Mrs. Price third grade kin- uh, class uh, with their <laughs> rendition of the Ears Up intro. Do you know that we had a Mrs. Price, but she was second grade? Really? Oh, I just sounded like a good uh, a good name for a kindergarten teacher. Mm-hmm. Welcome, everybody. Here's a I podcast. did the recorder because there is a flute in the actual version of our song. There's a flute. And I thought that would sound close. But when I heard it back, I was like, this isn't anything like it. <laughs> or does it? <laughs> it's a slowed down version. It's, you know, uh, move over Tom Amin. This is the new Jeremy's coming through. And he's now yeah. slowing down the Disney podcast classics. I think I need to speed it up. I want it to be almost indiscernible from the original. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Maybe in a couple of years you'll get there. Yeah. Practice. I mean, look, I will say uh, I was very impressed that you were doing that at the same time. One hand <laughs> recorder, one hand piano. I mean, yeah. that's pretty good, dude. It was hard. I, yeah. I you should have seen a video. I mean, you can imagine what that looked like. <laughs> yeah, I can. Actually, what I I think it sounds better when I just play it all both parts on the piano. Okay, all right, it sounds good. Well, and then um, I was actually like jamming out to it. Like I was playing it for a good twenty minutes, just like improvising with one hand and like just keeping that bass line going. I like kind of <laughs> like it. It's a good song. <laughs> well, you did it justice, <sighs> Jeremy. Whatever that means, you can take that as you will. <laughs> Okay, good. Whatever. Yeah, whatever. Uh, welcome to the show, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. Ears up uh, in depth. And we have uh, actually, we are going to be true to our name today, Jeremy, because uh, I have a, a pretty in-depth story, but I'm not going to get too far into it because I want to hear what's going on with you. But first, 
Can I just tell you about how my day started? Talk to me. Tell me can everything. I, can I vent a little Hold bit? Back nothing. So this morning, I don't know, man, I woke up at like 6.20 or whatever, and I'm like on my phone and just kind of like, you know, BSing on my phone or whatever, and I'm laying in bed and like, I don't know. I don't want to go back. I can't go back to sleep. I don't really want to look at anything on the internet. Maybe I'll go downstairs and play a game or whatever. I'll just do that because Alice wakes up in half an hour anyway. So I have like free time. So let's just use it instead of laying in bed and uh, tearing to sleep. And so I get up and I get my my uh, my sweatpants or whatever. And then I realize it's garbage day and I didn't take the garbages out. The worst. The worst. And do your garbage guys come early? They some seem. I don't know. Sometimes they do, but sometimes they don't. Right. And that's the worst part. For like a month, well, maybe two months, they were coming um, at 9 o'clock in the morning, the first guys, like they're cycling boys. But now, 6.30 green waste, 6.45 green waste sometimes. Anyway. so it's We r- live parallel lives. We really do. The same thing happens to me. We really do. And um, so it's raining also, by the way. It started raining, by the way, in California. Bless. Wow. Bless the rains down in California because we need it for sure. So it's right? like, great. I'm like not looking forward to going out mucking about with the garbages because it is a green waste week. So, you know, you got that extra load to bring out to the to the to the curb. Anyway, what does that mean? Green waste week. Um, our our yard clippings are like alternate weeks. So they, they skip a week. So it's oh, like you get you send away your yard clippings. Yeah, they collect them. Hmm, yeah. OK, Um. Anyway, so I'm coming down the stairs, and like I hear we have a fish tank in the tiki room, right? And I hear the um, the uh, uh, the pump like return, you know, trickler or whatever. It's not really a waterfall, but it's like uh, these little jets, this arm that goes across, and these little jets come out. Mm-hmm. And I hear it like at the top of the stairs. I'm like, huh, that shouldn't be. That means that the water level is low, is lower than the jets are. That that shouldn't be because I keep that thing pretty topped off. And but so I'm like walking down the stairs. I'm still half asleep. I'm going. Well, now what? Did I not? Did I not refill it, or did I do something? And about halfway down, I go, Oh no, my fish tank is leaking. So I rush down the stairs, flip on the lights. Half of the floor is covered in water. And about, I lost about, I don't know, about a good four inches off my fish tank, which is really only about five gallons, but that's that's five gallons of water. It's a 29 gallon tank, right? So I'm like, okay, it's about four or five gallons. I don't know what to do. I panic, but also because I have a lot of anxiety and I think the worst possible thing about everything at any given moment of any day ever, I've already sort of planned for this moment in my head, albeit a year ago. Where I'm like, so you okay, have a can of Flex Seal ready. <laughs> I do have some, and so I'm going like, okay, I may, I got to do it, but first I got to figure out where the leak is coming from. But also first, I got to flip the breaker because the stuff, the electrics uh, are a, on a power strip on the floor. Oh dear God! So I have to go figure out. It took me five minutes to figure out what breaker is the friggin' dining room. I had no idea. Anyway, you should have them labeled. They, they are labeled. Say. They're labeled by the the builders, but it's not labeled dining room. It's just very weird. I don't know. But now I know what it is, so it's fine. But so I go in, flip the breaker, everything turns off. I go great. Get in there, unplug everything, and I figure out what had happened was I have one of those little um, like air toys that you hook up to like a, a um, 
little air bubbler, and it's like a little skeleton at a ship's yeah. wheel, and he just bobbed back and forth and goes like this. We call him, right. you know, call him Jack. The hose had come out of the bubbler, and it had started a siphon. A siphon. And so the tank wasn't leaking, but water was being siphoned oh. out of my tank onto the floor, under the baseboards, the carpets, or the carpet. Wow. First of all, it's like Pergo, so it was like waterproof, but the curtains. Right. Taryn's like obsessed with having curtains go to the floor. This time saved us, I think, because the curtains had a good, I don't know, foot and a half of water soak up. Uh, the carpet oh. or the, the rug in there was just literally dripping wet. Had to move everything out underneath the liquor cabinet. Just ran upstairs, got four towels and a bath mat and just wiped everything up. And I'm still just airing out and making sure everything's drying. And You got a like, fan going in there because you don't a, want mold. Got a fan going. I got a little uh, little foot heater because the, uh, the thing that the little, there's like these little cabinets, these little like drawers, dresser drawers. Um, that the fish tank is on, but it's like press board and it's like, it's enough, but around the foundation, I don't need that thing to be sitting in the moisture any longer. So it's anyway, six 30 in the morning. Here I am like soaking up water or whatever. Yeah. Taryn comes wake down. Up call. Yeah. She's like, are you okay? I'm like, can you please take the garbages out for me? <laughs> Cause the garbage yeah, is still all, the, all this is happening in the garbage truck is bearing down the road on you. Yeah. Well, she goes, well, we, we just missed the uh, green waste. I'm like rats. But uh, anyway, so all is well. Everything's back. The good news is I don't have to do a water change this week because it already happened (laughs) to me. Water leaked out, so I just replaced the five gallons and everything's fine. But uh, man, what a just what a stressful morning. Jeez, still recovering. Saltwater tank? Do you have tropical fish in there? Do they need salt or does this? No, no, no. no. Just fresh water. They're just. uh, you know what? I can't even think of the, the name of the fish, but I have these little fish and I have shrimp in there. And um, yeah. Oh, there you go. That's my morning. I wanted to okay. vent. Well, to you I'm glad fast. you, I'm glad it wasn't leaking. You can keep that flex seal for another day. I was panicking, man. Panicking. Cause like, what do you do? Where is it leaking? It's leaking underneath. Right. Got to siphon all that. Out? Take all the fish out. Take all the shrimp out. Meanwhile, what's more important? Stopping the leak or sur- or making letting the fish survive. Meanwhile, it's like getting underneath the baseboards. How high up yeah. the wall is it getting? Uh, I don't know. At that point, it's time for shrimp scampi. <laughs> they're like they're little amino shrimp. They're like maybe two inches. Hmm. Yeah. Anyway, okay. that's that was my that's my story for you. Uh, but I want to hear you tell me a story. Give me a Disney news story, please. Well, it sounds like you were you were filled with gratitude that you didn't have a leaky, uh, leaky fish tank. <laughs> yes, yes, full well, of gratitude. That's me. Speaking of giving thanks, have you ever seen the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade? I have actually, not too often, um, yeah. but I I have. Isn't that the one with? Um, don't they have the weatherman? They do it. The weatherman guy. I'm sure Al Roker Al participates. Roker. You, yeah. It's it's usually on NBC, so it's usually one of those morning show people. Uh, like, didn't Kathy Griffin and Anderson Cooper do it a, f- a few times? Well, they do Times Square. Oh, okay, on New Year's Eve. All right. I trust me, I have seen it. I just can't remember the hosts. Yeah, that's all. Well, I mean, Macy's is the official feed, but like ABC does one from Times Square, and then okay. you know, CBS does their own. So you could, I'm sure, there was some coverage. Yeah, the parade is a New York institution. I, well, I would say Macy's and its parade are both New York institutions. It's a <laughs> right. cultural 
Touchstone that started in 1924. This year, the parade's 95th edition will return to its original full parade form after uh, a made-for-TV celebration last year that took place due to COVID. Uh, Disney is no stranger to the Macy's Parade. The first Mickey Mouse balloon appeared in the parade in 1934 and be, has become a time-honored tradition. That same year, Pluto, the Big Bad Wolf, and the Three Little Pigs balloons also debuted. Fast forward to 1972, both Mickey and Donald Duck balloons were on hand to celebrate what? In, in 1992? In 1972. 1972, uh, Disney World opening? They were celebrating the one-year anniversary of the opening of Walt Disney World in 1972. Very good. Yeah. By the way. Thank you, man. This year's Disney this year Disney's presence will again be felt in the parade as the Disney Cruise Line will debut a new ship-shape float titled Magic Meets the Sea. Okay. I like it's a ship-shaped float that's ship-shape. Yeah, it's yeah. a shape and ship-shape. <laughs> The parade float is inspired by the new Disney Cruise Line ship, the Disney Wish, which is scheduled to set sail in the summer of 2022, so not far out. The new float's passengers will include Captain Minnie Mouse, Princess Tiana, Cinderella, Aladdin, and Jasmine, Princess Tiana, among many others, Sharon Siski. Senior Vice President and General Manager of the Disney Cruise Line said, quote, just like the Disney Wish, our float will be a celebration of enchanting Disney storytelling, beloved characters, and wishes come true. I wonder why Aladdin and Jasmine, but not Tiana and, you know, her husband, like, why, why not? Why, why only one couple? What is that guy's name? I forget. Tiana and, oh, it's right uh, down t- the it's, my I think it starts with the tea doesn't it this is gonna vex me you know what i mean like it's it's all these other people who have pairs but only aladdin gets gets paired with jasmine i think it's very well so we i didn't mention cinderella's bow i didn't mention but anyhow i think it's because aladdin and jasmine are performing a broadway style sort of you know how they do like shows on these floats i think that i think they're performing because of course aladdin is on broadway and broadway's just reopened aladdin's on broadway uh prince naveen Naveen, yes, of so course. So where's Prince Naveen? He's a prince. He should be on the wish. Maybe he'll be there. Maybe they're just not mentioning him. Maybe. You're right. You're right. But you know what I mean? It's just I think it's very weird. Why is Aladdin getting getting thrown in there? Well, he's the headliner. <laughs> okay, you're right. That's fair. Yeah, it's the movie's not called Jasmine. <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> um, so wishes will be coming true. But, you know, I was thinking about that that quote, that this is where wishes come true, is like, that's a pretty big claim. Yeah. That wishes come true on this boat. What is your wish? <laughs> Meals with people you don't know? To get car sick? <laughs> to yeah, get, like, my wishes don't sick. come true. You know what? I'm, I'm wishing for Harmonious to go away. How is that? If I go on this boat, is that going to come true? That's my wish. Yeah. I think well, it would. I don't understand that. Yeah, that's very strange, man. Okay. Well, that's it. Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. I love the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. It is close to my heart, so T- I'm very excited. Taryn really loves it, too, but we, we always sort of miss it because it starts at, like, 7 in the morning or whatever. Your so time, doesn't it? It starts at 9 a.m. Eastern, so it would be 6. Yeah, time, and, right? you know, by the time we wake up, it's 9 o'clock. You're like, oh, you got to watch the replay, and then it's the hosts you don't are watch, always. So you don't watch the replay. 
I, I don't remember, honestly. It's, it's not a thing we do every year. But the times that I have, okay. it has to be on replay. But the hosts of these things are always, like, super cheesy, especially, like, the Rose Bowl Parade and all that kind of stuff. It's like, oh, I can't do They're it. absolutely painful. They, yeah, it's hard to watch. And you know, this is the thing. I, You know me. I was always a big marching band participant and a fan. I love to see the kids in the marching bands. I, that's always a really big highlight for me. Yeah. But also these other floats and stuff. And I'm like, why are we cutting to these two morons yes. talking to each other about coffee? And the kids <laughs> are going by. They've worked so hard. They've been training. They've practiced. They've been up in the freezing cold since 4 a.m. lined up waiting to go. And I got to hear about Hoda's oversized wine. Shut up and put the kids on TV. I want to see the band. <laughs> I want to see the my... kids. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. And that, that's the same complaint that Taryn and I have because we generally watch the Rose Bowl parade. We watch January 1st or whatever, the New Year's Rose Bowl. Yeah, parade. the Trinity Roses. I love Trinity, That's another one I love. It's great, but it's the same exact thing where it's like, here's this float going by. It's fantastic. First of all, you get stupid facts about whatever flower it is and it's on screen for about five seconds and then it cuts to al roker doing whatever and it's like i i don't want to watch i don't it's we we see the hosts longer than we do the floats agreed it's like fabulous harry i love the feathers yeah (laughs) it's like i don't know it's weird man you know what else is weird jeremy what 21st Amendment Brewery's latest beer release, Tropical Brew Free or Die IPA, puts an island vacation in their whimsically designed cans. That's right, cans. This refreshing year-round release, Tropical IPA, is brewed with pale and Munich malts, brimming with azaka, citra cryo, and mosaic hops, and topped with a splash of pineapple flavor. The result is a clean, refreshing beer featuring a mix of sweet malt, balanced bitterness, fruit-forward hops, and a nice tropical vacation at the finish. Tropical Brew for Your Die IPA is available at your local good beer shop, neighborhood tap room, and anywhere else people come together to find great craft beer. That's right. That's right, everybody. You know, I think that the people who join the chat are smarter than the hosts of this show. <laughs> <laughs> of this show? Yeah. Oh, yeah, you, probably. Meaning you and me. Yeah. Well, I just went in the chat, and they had Naveen, like, right away see i put i said naveen and then brian put it in the chat so i beat uh, brian oh yeah that's so brian and i'm gonna like. say that is just what a brian thing to do <laughs> say it right after me jared we've had our first few days of life with disney genie and disney genie plus and things in this new world are not as smooth as chapex head the execution of the Disney Genie function has been riddled with bumps and bruises, which is to be expected with a massive rollout like this, but still, you gotta laugh. One main problem started right at Park Open on the very first day in the world of Genie Plus. Over in Disney World, which is the only place that uh, the Genie Plus and Genie system has been rolled out yet, um, guests staying at the resorts were told that they would get first dibs on individual Lightning Lane attractions, right? So if you have the Genie Plus... You do the lightning lane and whatever, right? If you're staying on resort, you get first first go at it, which apparently they did. They there were there were some that were released to the hotel guests. However, at park open, which I think was 9 a.m. for this particular day, there was suddenly a new batch of available times appearing in the Genie app, and these new times were often earlier than the latest time previously posted for the people staying on the resort. So if you're staying in the resort and you wanted a ride and maybe you got it like three o'clock at nine o'clock, once the gate opened, you could get one at nine ten. Right. You're I'm very man. nervous about Disney Genie while you open that, because I think that 
I, I want to go over to the parks, but I don't even know where to begin. I'm ner- Like, do I need to be using it to go? Can I just go? Can I go and get on a line? Because one of the things I'm seeing is people are like, oh, well, all the standby lines are closed. And I'm like, standby lines are closed? That's the whole point of the standby line. You stand by. It's not, they should never close. But you're seeing all these screens that say standby line closed for all rides I normally would have just walked up to. So I'm like, why am I even, am I going to go? I haven't gone. I don't know. I don't know what to do. <laughs> I'm going Monday night because I heard Mr. P is going to be there. Oh, that's right. He is. You are, you're going to meet him. You're going to meet up with him. I suppose. All right. Anyway, whatever. And these new times were earlier than the last time previous, but whatever. So it looks like Disney was saving a batch of these early times for non-resort guests, which goes against what the resort guests had been told when they signed up for Genie Plus. Now, two days later... Reports from guests were coming in saying that Disney has changed this policy. It seems that all earlier reservations for Rise of the Resistance, still the most popular attraction in the entirety of Walt Disney World, apparently, were taken by guest res- uh, by resort guests. So anybody else looking to book a slot that was not staying on the resort had to pick from later times in the evening only. Okay. And I, and I don't know how to feel about this. Like, on the one hand, if if the resort guests get all of the you know, the, the, the choice lightning lane, you know, things, then that sort of messes with everybody who's not staying on the resort, but also it's incentive to stay on the resort. Do you split it? Like, I I don't know. I don't know what the best thing to do is. I don't know how I feel about them creating classes of people within the park, but I do think that you're paying $700 to stay in what is at best $150 a night value hotel room. You should get something for it. You should. These hotel rooms aren't that great. Even the best of them isn't that great. No, they're not. You know, so uh, I I think you should get something. I agree. Uh, But then I don't know if that something should be edging me, Florida resident, annual pass holder, out of the ability to ride attractions. Can't we give them something else that makes it worth their while without screwing me over? Like a magnet? How about we all go and have fun? Yeah. Well, that's the problem. So it sounds like Disney doesn't even really know what to do with the guest resorts and Lightning Lane passes still have some kinks to work out. The other main benefit of the Disney Genie system is having a system that will refer rides to you based on wait times, based on your location in the park, and general crowd density. It does seem like the system needs some tweaks, so if you are planning to use the Genie to plan your day, be prepared to take the wheel when needed. The app apparently has a habit of suggesting rides to users that have long wait times (laughs) when there were other (laughs) rides in the same areas that had less of a wait time. Guests also... Guests also had the option to purchase lightning link passes for rides for a later time that turned out to be longer than simply waiting in standby line. So this is where uh, my other tweet comes in from Scott Gustin. He says, uh, at 9.08 in the morning, I can purchase a 9.10 paid uh, lightning lane pass for Seven Dwarfs Mine Train. Right before 9, the earliest time available was 3 p.m. So that was his, like earlier for the uh, for the hotel guests right this is from touring plans on twitter they say if you're at animal kingdom you can wait five minutes to ride right now or you can pay seven dollars plus tax (laughs) to ride in 20 minutes on everest (laughs) so there the the timing's weird stand by five minutes or you can pay to 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 do it 20 minutes from now it just it, it so there's there's issues. It, it makes it sort of makes really you know 
no kind of sense in that regard. There's definitely some 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 things to to work out. Some rides were listed as having a low wait time when in no phase of reality would that ever be considered low. For example, Pirates at one point was 55 minute wait time and listed as a low wait time in the app. That's insane. <laughs> yeah, low. It's just low wait, 55 minutes. So imagine you're coming to the parks for the first time. You have no idea. You're from central Montana and you're like, 55 minutes, that's a long time, but it says low, and I've always heard stories about the Disney World line, so I guess this is what we're doing. Right. Disney vloggers got into the mix during the Genie rollout, smelling blood <laughs> in the water, and did their best <laughs> to put Genie through its paces. YouTube is full of videos showing funky wait times where the posted time on the app is lower than experience, which is good. There was one guy who was like, um, I think he did, I think he did Mind Train is what it was, and the wait was 45 minutes, but his wait time was actually like 28 or something like that. Yeah. Well, a lot, even before Disney Genie, since the pandemic, really, posted wait times have always been inflated. See, and I've, I've wondered that just in general. I've never sat and timed it. Or maybe I did one time out of spite and I forget the, the numbers, but I, th- I feel like that's just sort of just always the case where it's not no, really going to be 35 little- minutes. This is more extreme. This isn't like, oh, we waited. It said 50 and it might have been 40. This Mm. is it's posted at 40 and we walked on. Oh, yeah, that's not good. I'm talking consistently like (laughs) I've walked on to Soren, not even been like, oh, we're almost there. And then you get in that weird little queue and you have to watch the video. It's like, go quick, watch the video because you're going. (laughs) You're flying. It's a 40 minute wait. Yeah, that's weird. It's and it's happening. It's been happening a lot. So I don't know what that's about. And I, I think Bev experienced that when I think she, when she was here. Here's my thing with this technology is who built this? Did Disney contract this out? Because I'm not sure that Disney has a good track record in building technology. <laughs> no, just look at their video games department. Oh, wait, it's gone. Well, this is the thing. And I feel like they've done a lot of contracting out Imagineers where like they don't keep Imagineers on full time, but they bring them in for a project and then let them go and lose a lot of the institutional knowledge. But it seems like they're building this technology <laughs> internally without asking anyone for help. <laughs> I mean, they might. I mean, this is the company that has the website go.com and can't seem to get it out of their URL. Like, if you go to Disney.com, it still goes like Disney.go.com. It's like, <laughs> go is done, guys. Get yeah, rid of it. Right. Remember go? What well, are you doing? I, re- I remember... Um, I re- .gg, Disneyland.gg. Do you, you should buy that URL. I, we talked about that last week. I know. Um, what is that, GG? Oh, that's I have my no name. idea. Yeah. Um, I know what they do with, with Imagineers is they, they do bring them from other departments on like a temporary basis for certain things. Or it's like, okay. oh, come work with Imagineering, but then you go back to being a figure finisher. Or you go back to being just a, a, a general maintenance guy or whatever. But we need you oh, for this project. And then maybe you can join us and maybe not. And so you can have people, and you do have people just sort of on hold. For being Imagineers for months, for years. And it's like, you know, so it, they can sort of expand their ranks and contract them at the same time. But that is sort of, I, I do, I see your point because it sort of takes these people out of the conversation where you want more Imagineers to be able to talk with one another about how to design something or do a thing. You don't, you're not trying to relay on, rely on, you know, Bill to go, you know what? I know a guy over there in maintenance who would be perfect to, you know what I mean? It's not, you gotta, you gotta have that knowledge kind of on tap, which was sort of the point I feel about the Imagineers. You get a group together and these are the people. 
put their heads together. Not only were the, the posted time on the app is, is lower than experience, but you also got bizarre ride recommendations. Like, for example, being in Adventureland, but the genie uh, tip board suggesting hitting up the carousel in Fantasyland. <laughs> like, what are you doing? What are you talking about? What are you doing? All in all, Genie does have a lot of work to do if it's ever going to be relied upon to give accurate information. Right now, it seems you're better off just looking at wait times and going from there, not really relying on it to plan your actual day. I do think it's going to get better you know, as, as the rollout sort of gets worked on, but it does seem like, did they test it? What was the sample size of the testing? Maybe it was internal testing, and then it's like, okay, here's... 20,000 people, let's just throw it at them and see what happens. And now you're just getting all the Disney articles and vloggers going, this is so garbage. Oh. I'll test it. It's delayed. It's been two years delayed. What were they doing all this time? <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> Trying to figure out how to, to shop a from long it. time ago. Yeah. All right, Jerry, let's take a quick break. Well, hold on. This is one more thing to say about the story. Did you notice that uh, someone posted, you know, when you make a website, or you you make a fake document and often software will put in like that weird text like lorem ipsum blah 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 so you can visualize what the text looks like yes but like it's not obviously written there right well there were parts of this genie app where you would scroll down to the bottom and it would say legal disclaimer lorem ipsum like it was that text oh my god that People is, we're posting that online. Like, what they didn't even have a chance to do that. That's like, atrocious. That's bad. That is a huge fail. It's embarrassing. That is super if, embarrassing. If SpectroRadio.gg said that, I would be upset. This sounds like it was developed by Elizabeth Holmes. I mean, this sounds like a Theranos uh, <laughs> thing. I think the Edison box was testing more blood samples than Genie has recommended good rides. I believe so. I think someone should be on trial over there. Just I think put next to next to Liz Holmes. If we're going to, uh, we're going to take a break. And by the time we okay, come back, so. if, if what you just said is not a spectro radio tweet, um, you're fired. <laughs> All right. Okay. Hang on everybody. Ears up in depth. We'll be right back. In depth reporting Disney news. That's probably not made up. All right. Thanks for sticking around. Everybody got a couple more news stories here. Jer. You got uh, a cool tall tale to tell me, don't you? What is now becoming many Epcot fans' favorites of the food festivals, the Epcot International Festival of the Arts is returning this year for another engagement. This year marks the fifth year of the festival, which features visual, performing, and culinary arts featured throughout the park. This year, park guests can experience several food studios around the park, the wonderful walk of colorful cuisine, chalk artists transforming walkways into landscapes and portraits, a paint-by-numbers mural, figments <laughs> brushed with the master's scavenger hunt, and returning this year after a hiatus during last year's slimmed-down edition of the festival, performance artists will return. So we're expecting to see live musicians back into the park. You know, we had harpists and violinists and all sorts of, wow. you know, unique performing artists, musicians throughout the park. That, that kind of took a back seat last year because of the pandemic, and it was really more just visual and, and culinary. Arts, so we're excited to see that. In addition, the Disney on Broadway concert series is set to return to the America Gardens Theater over in World Showcase. More details about the entertainers and lineups will be announced as the event gets closer. So get ready for an artful 
Epcot. The festival continues its extended duration and will run from January 14th to February 21st. So we've got a longer, well, about the same time, same duration as last year, but previous years it was only three or four weekends and it was only on the weekends. Now it just runs straight through and it's like five, five or six weeks. So take advantage. Now playing at the Epcot World Showcase Theater. <laughs> Gigi, like you've never heard him before. <laughs> so good. Uh, it does make me laugh because it sounds so horrible. It's awful. <laughs> yeah, but oh, it's, God. it's a riot, man. Uh, all right, Jeremy, here we go. Move over, Magic Key gripes and grumbles. There's a new point of contention in the Disney fandom. Like a cannonball off the port bow, a new, quote, report claims to rank the dollar per ride value of theme parks around the world, and boy, did it make some waves. Mm. Atias.com, which is the website for the newly emerging European Travel Assessment Program, recently released a, quote, analysis of the theme parks of the world and organized them into categories such as top 10 least expensive, least expensive per ride, and most expensive per ride. Judging from the data, this assessment was made by simply looking at the Internet, which is no way to do pretty much anything. According to Inside the Magic and other Disney news sources, because most every Disney news site just sort of regurgitates everybody else's reporting, Atiyah says that Universal Studios Hollywood tops the list of the most expensive theme parks per ride, coming in at almost $13 U.S. per ride. While Universal is most expensive. Universal. According to these people, $13 U.S. So the, the math is actually $12.88. U.S. to pound oh, okay. conversion, yeah. So it's almost 13 bucks. While Disneyland proper, now it's not the Disneyland Resort, but just Disneyland itself, uh-huh. is mentioned as the cheapest park in California to visit, costing about $1.37 per ride. Okay. So this is what? They took the cost of the one-day ticket and divided it by the number of par- rides and attractions? That's basically, yes. That's okay. basically exactly what happened. Inside the Magic goes on to say that Disneyland has, quote, approximately... 40 rides and attractions, according to the Disney app, which the app will tell you exactly. There's no need for approximation. Universal Hollywood has about 13. This is, again, according to Inside the Magic. The the websites will tell you exactly how many things there are. You don't need to say about or approximately. It's right on the They're hedging their bets because Inside the Magic, by the way, is absolute trash. (laughs) Like, I'm willing to be a little careful about some of these websites. ITM is the worst of them all i agree to a certain extent i do use them sometimes for stories but the the quality of the writing is very sensational and you have to go three or four paragraphs to get to what it's going on it's like it's whatever anyway these numbers showcase a big flaw in this air quote study what is an attraction and what is a ride as in what are the data points being used here Going on the Universal website, they have 15 actual rides, and I'm qualifying a ride as a thing you sit in and you move around. Okay. Jumping over to the Disneyland website, they have 30. 30 rides that are open right now that aren't simply transportation like the monorail or the Main Street cars or great moments with Mr. Lincoln even. I don't consider that a ride. Mm -hmm. Expanding from there, 
you have two rides in Disneyland that are closed for refurbishment and one that's unavailable. Bring the grand total to 33 rides. Now, if we're talking rides and attractions, the numbers go up and are still in Disneyland's favor, of course. No one's going to deny that. Universal has 21 rides and attractions, plus they list nine additional things to do that are shows and character meet and greets. They got like the Waterworld show and the, the Velociraptor show or whatever, and they have like a couple cool shows, right? Bringing the total of rides and attractions in Universal to 30. Disneyland has a similar setup. So if we add in shows and attractions that you could do right now in Disneyland, you'll find seven more things to do in the park, plus nine that are closed for one reason or another, which Mm -hmm. Disneyland is really hard because, number one, they close stuff all the time. It's like a rotating maintenance circle, right? But also, you know, we understand that. Universal doesn't list these things on their website, so if they're closed... We don't know about it until you get there. So Disneyland is kind of cool. They'll tell you up front. So I like that. So the grand total of things to do as of today, rides and attractions, Universal Studios Hollywood, 33, Disneyland, 37. Those are the numbers that apparently I'm the only one who cared enough to actually look up actually found. No other website that I've read articles on lists the amount of numbers. Nobody bothered to like double check the math on this. So, so let's do the math now. And I'm not okay. good at math. So I had Taryn check this out. I put it in the Discord chat. I was like, you guys figure stuff out. Jer has his trusty, dusty calculator. <laughs> do, you want me, do you want me to do the math? I'll do it right here. <laughs> All right, here we go. Um, so the Atias article just took the ticket for the entry at the lowest price, I guess. They didn't make it clear. And divided that by the number of rides and attractions. Not the best methodology because it reduces the value of theming. You can't tell me that Autopia theming is comparable to the Jurassic Park ride theming in Universal uh, Hollywood Studios. Or that Fantasyland is equal to Harry Potter World. It's like not even close. Right. So let's start with Universal. If you took your ticket entry, which is $109 at the cheapest rate, if you're not California resident, by the way. If you're a California resident, it's $99. But if you're out of state, $109 is the cheapest you're going to get. And if you divide that by the number of rides even Atias gave you, the website says 21, right? The ITS website, they mm-hmm. said 21. So if you take those numbers, even though we know that's not true, the math that I get is $5.19. Now, maybe math in Europe has changed from what we all know and is now different because the math Atias drops is £9.35 or $12.88 U.S. So even if we didn't correct the number of things to do at Universal from 21 to 30, the math is just wrong. So yeah, I'm, that I, seems weird. So I'm struggling to figure out how they achieved the $12.88 price, even 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 using their ride numbers, which are wrong. But so there, you said that there's different pricing, right? So they may have used a different time of year's pricing. Like you use the lowest. Could they have used an average of they may most have. expensive in mid? They may have, but that's, I mean, that's a, what, a $7 per ride difference. Like that, I don't even know how they, I don't even know how they could do that. So what does Atiyah okay. say when it comes to how much Disneyland costs per ride? Because that's sort of the kerfuffle that's going on online. It's all these Disney news sites and on news sites in general. I shouldn't really just harp on Disney news sites, but they're all saying Disneyland costs this much and Orlando is 10 times, whatever. So what does the article say about Disneyland? Nothing. Nowhere, and I mean literally nowhere in this RTS article, does it mention the cost of Disneyland per ride. This is just something that other articles are in literally inventing without actually fact-checking 
and then just attributing the math to Atias. It's not on this website. Inside the Magic's title for their reporting, air quotes, was, quote, one Universal Park costs 10 times more per ride than Disney. Los Angeles Daily News said Universal Studios Hollywood costs nearly 10 times more per ride than Disneyland, report says. Wash, rinse, repeat headline all across <laughs> Disney News. But we can take this method up and extrapolate it across Disneyland ourselves and see if the 10 times assertion that Inside the Magic and all these other places have been saying, see if it holds up. Disneyland tickets at the cheapest rate for Tuesday, November 2nd is 104, which I found pretty interesting. If you can get in on the cheapest day, and if you don't live, even if you don't live in California, for Disneyland is cheaper than Hollywood Studios. That's cool. Very good for Disney. Uh, we've already established that Disneyland has 37 rides and attractions as of today. So 104 divided by 37 is $2.81. Mm -hmm. For a ticket to Universal on the same date, you're paying $109 to get in. Again, $99 if you live in California. By our math, there are 33 things to do, rides and attractions, at Universal Studios. So 109 divided by 33 gets you $3.30. Last I checked... $3.30 is not 10 times the amount of $2.94. So where did this 10 times number come from? I feel like we can thank the OC register for it. While this study from Atias was first reported on back in September by Forbes, actually, there was no mention of Disneyland prices at all until this OC article published on October 20th entitled, Universal Studios Hollywood Costs Nearly 10 Times More Per Ride Than Disneyland Report Says. Reading the article is just full of incorrect information from, from the OC register. At one point, the author states that there are 55 rides in Disneyland. 55 rides. Now, if you break down rides from attractions, like shows and stuff, you don't even scrape 30 rides. But this you, man, who's a professional journalist who covers theme parks for a living, thinks that there are 55 rides in Disneyland and then I, I, so I read that. I'm like, okay, he's probably confusing Disneyland with the Disneyland Resort. But no, right. and then next breath, he goes on to say there are 37 in DCA. So this man is literally talking about Disneyland. I want a he, list. Here's my, I, me too, right? So here's my question to you. What is a ride and what is an attraction? Is a well, show an attraction? Well, for the purposes of this, it doesn't matter because they're lumping it together, right? They're saying rides and attractions, there's this many. Yeah. So it almost doesn't matter, but it's kind of a fun thing to talk about. To me, I want a ride means I'm going for a ride. I'm going for a ride. This I'm man not, said, if I'm sitting and there's nothing moving, then it's not a ride to me. This man said 55 rides. This expert who gets paid and there are, to and write about attractions in addition to that? I don't know. So some people lump them together, some don't. Atias says rides. This man says rides. Atias says that Disneyland has 41 rides. This man says 55. You can go on the stupid website and count them yourself. There are not even 30 rides. Now, that's not counting. the. Mo so here, here's my question. And we were talking about this in Discord today. Is the monorail a ride or an attraction or neither? At Disneyland, the monorail mm -hmm. is a ride. At Walt Disney World, it's a conveyance conveyance see i think the, the monorail in disneyland is not a ride it's a conveyance because you don't just ride it because it's fun like the train which is the grand circle tour of disneyland i think the monorail you get from point a to point b and you're like there's some cool stuff in between 
Mm, it's like taking I've the scenic on it and stayed route. on it and not gotten off at the Disneyland hotel and come back and gotten back off in Tomorrowland. And I think a lot of people do that. Really? You've done. Okay. I've, interesting. Yes. That's interesting to me. Here's another one. Also, yes. I want to just pause for one second there. It was introduced as a ride. It didn't originally have that second stop. When Walt opened that ride, mm-hmm. it was a ride. Just like mm, the okay, so I think maybe it's evolved a little bit, but to me, it's still a ride. Okay, that's a good point, man. It's a ride with a little bit of another benefit. Okay, all right, I got you. How about this one, the Golden Horseshoe, which is not on the Disneyland website at all, by the way. The Golden Horseshoe. I know it's not a ride, obviously, it's but not it, a ride. Is it an attraction? It's a show. It's a show. But the show are we separating shows and attractions? I don't know. Are we? Are they? These are oh, my. Th- I thought you used those three terms in the beginning. I did Rides. personally. Okay, but but this is the problem. Sort of highlighting if if you're if you try to put a value per thing, right? If you try to attach a value per object per building you walk into or whatever, then you start getting lost in the weeds about what is classified as an attraction, what is a show. So Golden Horseshoe, it's a show, it has a show, but the building in and of itself is a restaurant. So if you go in there to see the show, you're going for the show. But if you go in there to eat, are you going, is it still a show? Like it's just sort of like it's a show sometimes and then other times it's just a place to get terrible food. Right. I think it's a show. I think an attraction is a show that happens multiple times a day. So to me, an attraction is the Country Bear Jamboree. It's not a show because it's not really live. Mm. And it's not a ride because you don't move. So to me, that's an attraction because it happens frequently throughout the day. Okay. A show is like a luau or something like that that is maybe only once or maybe two showings a night. Okay, so a show so is a me- performance with people. Yeah, and then an attraction is something that I go see, like Great Moments or Country Bear Jamboree or even Magic, where you don't really move, but something performs in front of you. Mm-hmm. And then a ride takes my body and puts it in different places. <laughs> yeah, and I get that. And then part of the, the attraction argument is like uh, Three Broomsticks in, in Universal Studios in Harry Potter Land. That is sort of in and of itself a show building, like you are immersed in the thing, mm-hmm. which is sort of like the Golden Horseshoe. So is that mm. an attract? Like you get that attraction based eating that sort of blurs the lines, and I think that's a good thing. I think Disneyland does a great job with that, and I think Universal has picked that up, especially like Moe's Tavern, Three Broomsticks, that kind of stuff. Like you're not just going in for food; you're going in for an, the experience of eating in this area, which is sort of thematic, you know, thematic eating, right? Right. And the other, so here's where also I go with this because I'm kind of trying to think back to how Walt would picture his parks. And I don't think he would ever have engaged in such a discussion as this because he would have been like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. I want right. people to come and enjoy themselves and be entertained. And sometimes, because originally, remember, I think about the Tiki Room was supposed to be the Tiki, you were supposed to go in there and eat. And then the Tiki birds were the dessert. Right. Remember that yes. was like the dessert course was these birds start performing. So Walt wasn't, we're thinking this about this in very simplistic, dumb minds that we're like, what is it? Is it a riot? Walt was just like, I want people to come and, and enjoy and be entertained. And he wasn't going to get bogged down into these weird definitions. But I do want to ask this question because the entire time you've been talking about this, I've been wondering. Okay. The Main Street Pianist, do they count oh. that as an attraction? 
Is that not on there at all? How, what is that? Because that's just a guy playing a piano, but people gather around. But I don't call that an attraction. I call that just... Same thing with Dapper Dan's. Yeah, that ain't an attraction. I don't know, right? This is what I'm saying. I think you're right. I don't think Walt would have done that. As much as I really love like when people go, Walt would have done this or that, um, which you know I don't. But um, it, it's it's and that's just that's just part of the fandom of anything. Is you you know as humans we want to just naturally classify stuff, and especially when we like it a lot, we want to define the thing so we have a better vocabulary to, to talk about it. But in this case, it does a big disservice because these people who literally just want clicks on their website are using that to go, well, what is anything? Let's just say these numbers. People will get upset and we'll get clicks. We'll get rage clicks because everybody knows that's how you get that's how you get seen on social media now is people sharing and go, this is terrible. Yeah. Well, these are simpletons with nothing better to do. (laughs) They're horrible. They are the bottom feeders. They are the algae. Ooh. You know, they're terrible. Yeah, and it's, you know, and it's OC Register. It's ATS.com. It's all of these people who are using the same headline without taking the the time to actually figure out if it's true or not. So the one mention that Disneyland got in this ATS article was an infographic on how many rides you can do in one day. Now, Jeremy, you've been to Disneyland several times. How many rides have you ever been able to do in one full-ass sweaty day in Disneyland? I would say probably max of 10 or 11 if it's a really not crowded day and I'm packing it in. I rarely stay from open to close. I want you to guess the number of rides these people these people say that you can get in um, in a full day of Disneyland. What they think you can do. Yes. The experts at ITM. Uh, at ATS.com. Oh, ATS. Yeah. They probably have it up there around 20. 41! 41? I thought there's only 37! <laughs> no, you can, you, can, you can get in 41 rides start to finish. You can double up or whatever. Oh, oh, yeah. sorry. Yes. I see. So, okay. Yeah. 41 rides. Now that's with an average wait time of 22 minutes, which 22 minute average, I guess. Sure. Whatever. Uh, to that's me, four rides an hour. It's four. You're there for 10 hours. Hour. It's four rides an hour. So you read this and you get all stoked thinking it's great. And then I'm going to go to Disneyland. I'm going to do 41 rides. I'm going to try to do this. And then right below this graphic, at the bottom of the article, you read that walking times between rides were not factored in. (laughs) So, yes, if you could teleport from ride to ride, maybe you could get in 41 rides in a day. But otherwise, it's just a BS stat that keeps getting repeated over and over again. Now, Jason, you might be asking, why do you care so much? You really going to spend almost three hours researching an article about friggin' theme park rides? Yes. Yes, I am. Because someone in the Disney news sphere has to have journalistic integrity. It might as well be me. <laughs> okay? Might as well. So I applaud you. So what happens is, that, now this is like sort of a side fallout kind of a thing. On October 20th, the OC Register tweeted out this article. And of course, the, the, the only text in their article is the headline, Universal Studios Hollywood costs nearly 10 times more per ride than Disneyland report says. Disneyland retweets and comments about it. And so in case you guys don't know, like oftentimes Universal will poke fun at Disneyland with all the woes or any wait time, anything that comes out negative about Disneyland, Universal likes to go twist the knife a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. So Disneyland sort of did it, but then it's like thought better of it and then just fell down. So this is their tweet. Disneyland Resort, official Twitter. We are thrilled to continue our phased reopening and welcome guests back to the happiest place on earth with returning favorites, new experiences, and lasting magical memories. Hashtag magic is here. Uh, and I thought it was uh, pretty bad. The, a lot of the comments, as we would say, they're sort of getting ratioed. There's a lot of uh, people going, I think you need to read the room correctly. Um, this is not exactly what are you talking about? Uh, someone goes, Madison Weber goes, is this the correct link? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know, man. It's, uh, but some people actually really like thought it was funny and like, whoa, vicious Disneyland claps back mic drop. And it's like, it's not even, it's just the most mealy uh, non-committal commentary, but Disneyland sort of trying to be get in the Twitter war thing with universal, but not really doing a great job. And it's just, it was sort of bad. So it's out of character. And the reason why this relationship on Twitter works between Disney and universal is because Disney rides above the fray. Disney just does its thing and doesn't, it doesn't acknowledge what's going on. Universal's the annoying little kid brother that's poking, 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 and Disneyland just goes forward and just does it like they yeah. will not veer from course. Exactly. And this is Disneyland dropping to the lower road. This is Disneyland playing in the sandbox with the loser. <laughs> and it's kind of like this you you screwed it up because this isn't your role. And now we now you're just them. And I don't know. I, so I have a friend who was real hot about this. Yeah. And I couldn't at first understand. It. I was like, I don't know. I don't even see the reference or whatever. My friend was like, this is a new low. I'm getting on the phone with guest relations right now. This is unacceptable. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. This, this, I was like, it went, it went insane. Wow. So I'm glad we talked about it. It was very, I, I think it was very, very bad. I, I just, I don't think, um, I don't know. I, I don't think this is sort of the content that Disney needs to be pushing out. So I got on our official Twitter and I said, clear oh. out. I quote tweeted Disney Resort and I said, clear out your social teams. And this is the content that you get. Because <laughs> remember you at them. I, I, yeah, I quote tweeted. So they definitely oh, saw it. Know. Yeah. And uh, because they did, they cleared out their entire social teams. Their managers were running social teams for a while. I don't know what's happening now, but they consolidated it like Disneyland today. They don't really do much anymore on Twitter, except like, Disneyland Resort or whatever. Right. So they don't, I feel like the people who are in charge of this think that that's them turning the other cheek or like rising above and going, we're thrilled and blah, blah, blah. And it's like, you shouldn't, there's no reason for you to comment on this. There's literally no reason. Yes. You say zero. Right. So anyway, um, bad math all around. Universal Studios does not cost near 10 times the amount of Disneyland. And you shouldn't really be putting a dollar value per ride on things anyway because you're missing out on the experience. And that's sort of what uh, Universal sort of came back at the article about. They're like, it's unfair to put to put our content on a dollar per visit basis because you you know, you walk into to um, Harry Potter world and you're in that zone, man. It's it is like Star Wars land. You can go to Star Wars land all day. You can't really go to Hogsmeade all day or whatever, but you can spend four hours there doing a bunch of stuff and in, enjoying the environment and especially, you know, enjoying the, the creativity and the atmosphere. And they do have other stuff to do. It's just, I yeah. don't know. It, it doesn't make any sense. And, and, and then to take all that and then rehash it, copy everybody else's 
sensationalistic headlines and repost it on your blog as you, it just it sort of demeans the whole process of of reporting on on Disneyland. It's weird. The to quote me. the quote unquote analysis shows more about the analyzer than it does what they're analyzing. And it belies a misunderstanding of what it is they're even looking at. You know, we, you don't, it shows us that you don't get what you're talking about. Something that you claim to be really passionate and experts on. You clearly don't understand what makes these places tick. If you're putting a dollar amount on individual attractions and comparing them like apples, apples to apples. Yeah. It doesn't, it it makes no sense. Right. You're someone, if you're a Disney theme park fan or you know expert you appreciate the the craftsmanship in these attractions the the theming the all these sorts of things rather than just their sheer volume right and if you uh, claim to be a disneyland news system or disneyland reporter uh oc register all these other places and you don't even do the the basic math right to to, to do what journalists are supposed to do which is what you and i are you and i are journalists we Correct. dig into the news, all right? We, we do all this stuff because Disney News is like a rabbit warren. It's just everywhere. So we dig into it, and we, we do the math. If you, if you are too lazy to do the math, and all you're doing is copying and pasting, essentially just reworking some stuff and then publishing it because OC Register said it, so now you should do it on your blog, you, you're just exposing yourself for what you are. We're just looking for clicks. That's all you're right. doing. You have no interest... You're in this just to make money. You have no interest in actually reporting on what the thing is. And that to me is very sad and I don't really appreciate it. And I've never, I've never backed down from that. I've always made that very, very clear that that is a very sad thing to do. I don't appreciate that. And I think that it does the Disney fandom a disservice. It really, really does. Well, if you value these places and you value these things, why are you doing everything you can to devalue them? That's also true. Yeah. And, you know, and they're just looking at the analytics like, oh, yeah, we did a good one. This story was great. But meanwhile, right. people are I just want has anyone ever clicked whatever. on an Inside the Magic article and been happy they did it? Like you get there and you're <laughs> like, oh, man, this isn't what I thought it was going to be because one, the headline was misleading. And two, now I got to scroll through eight pop up ads, a YouTube video and I like and read one sentence at a time. It's like a sentence and then a, and, and then an image and then a sentence and then an image. And you're like, ah, oh. yeah, I took all no our, I took ever all satisfied. Our you don't get there and you're like, man. That was some time well spent on InsideTheMagic.com. I mean, no. so, I mean, I don't want to harp on them specifically. Only I do. I hate them. <laughs> because, because, like I said, I do use their articles from time to time on this on this show and, and kind of, you know, as jumping off points. But I just don't really have any respect for people who just don't do any research. Just do, just do the basic amount of research and you'll figure out this is wrong. That's a much better story. But, you know, a lot of Disney news sites do this. Just pick one. They all have articles like this. And they're all wrong. We're the only ones who are right. That's all I'm oh, going to yeah. say. I'm, I'm, I'm right all the time. Nothing is ever wrong on my Twitter feed. <laughs> That's it. You are done, right, Jer? I'm done. Yes. All right, Jer. Well, look, I think we did good. I think we did good today. Uh, hopefully we riled some people up. Hopefully we get some hate mail. People are riled. Yeah. Um, Carrie in the chat says on her best day, they did 22 rides. Not 40, 41. Could you imagine doing 41 rides in Disneyland alone? Just Disneyland? Yeah, and they're like a machine in the parks. Like, they just go. Yeah. 
There's no break there. No, and you should just just go go go. <laughs> but also like I love riding Haunted Mansion, don't get me wrong, but after the fourth time I've seen it. I've seen it. I want to break. I want to breather from it. Pirates after the third time, I, I just let's do something else. Let's do something yeah. else. So you can't really just do multiples of even the train after the twelfth time. Eh. I just want to get a coffee and sit on a bench and stare for a while. <laughs> Are you making fun of me? No, that's actually oh. what I do in Disneyland. That's definitely what I do. Because I've always said that the best, the the most underrated attraction at Disneyland are the benches, <laughs> the Main Street you benches. Do. You did say bench. There's, you, that's true. Yeah, but no, I do. Sometimes I just want to go in and get a nice coffee and just kind of ah, enjoy. Agreed. I want to look at the views of World Showcase, but I can't because it's barging. <laughs> All right. All right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in. I really appreciate it. Don't forget, we have other shows, and apparently. Uh, Apparently, Jimmy and uh, and Rob at, at Supreme Resort and Bantha Milk have been complaining that I don't mention what? their shows enough. So go check out the Supreme Resort. Uh, we have that show. We have Scraping the Vault. We have Bantha Milk had just released a podcast about uh, interviewing Matt, some, uh, a guy called Matt from the 501st Legion, which is a a Star Wars um, sort of cosplay group it's worldwide by the way they have chapters literally all over the world but they're they're heavily involved in charity work so they do like stormtroopers and you know imperial guards and darth vader and tie fighters and all this kind of stuff our friend brett schoenwald is in the 501st legion um so anyway the boys over at bantam milk got an interview with the 501st and uh it's pretty cool so check that out too so don't forget our other shows and until next time everybody oh sorry jeremy what's going on at uh spectralradio.us Lots of fun stuff. Disney music all day long, 24-7, piped into your ears. You'll, if you listen long enough, you'll probably hear illuminations and tapestry of nations. Yep. Nations and nations and probably. nations. Probably you will. Maybe. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks a lot for tuning in. Uh, have a good weekend. We'll talk to you later.